0: exclusive podcast from impact 89 fm wdbm east lansing welcome to the spartan sports Wrap on impact exposure in the next hour we'll guide you through spartan sports your favorite detroit teams and beyond call in with your thoughts at 517-432-3893 and now, let's kick off another hour of Sports Talk. Happy Monday to everybody and welcome into the basement. We're back again this week. It is Monday. It is 88.9 FM and that can only mean one thing. Yours truly is behind the mic and next to yours truly is DeWan Simmons. We're back to break down everything today from the Super Bowl to Michigan State. Recruiting, signing this week Wednesday at the Breslin. Men's basketball, three straight Big Ten losses. How is that going to affect our tournament resume Along with a little Green versus White. Yes, Green versus White is making a comeback to the show tonight. We'll debate who you're going to take in the NBA draft if they go Kevin Durant or Greg Oden. We've seen them both. We've seen Oden twice. Durant once earlier in New York. We'll talk that. Along with Michigan State women's basketball. They're back on track with two conference wins in this past week against Penn State and Illinois respectively. We'll break that down. Rachel's not in the house tonight. Unfortunately, she won't grace us with her presence. She's a little under the weather, so happy birthday to her, though, ah, as it is her birthday. Um, mm. She turned 38 today.
1: 38 <laughs> is generous. I thought she was 52.
0: Yeah, the phone should be ringing soon. But hopefully <laughs> Rachel, we hope you feel better. Um, sad that you won't be here to help us with your specialty, that is women's right, basketball. Exactly. But the, the weather, how could you not be under the weather? Are you kidding? We got extra credit for, to go, for going to class this morning because our teacher said on weather.com it was a wind chill of like negative 13 this morning. So she said, sign this sheet here, get a little extra credit. I said, you know, wh- why would we even have class? Are you kidding? When I was young, they used to cancel school. Yeah. Too cold to sand the bus stop. So let's calculate that. When I'm older and have to walk 20 minutes to class, it makes it a little warmer. <laughs> Unbelievable. I, th- I think there were some colleges in this state that did not have classes. I
1: know for a fact Grand Valley was close.
0: I mean, I don't want to get in the soft box and, and be soft because, <laughs> because I don't want to walk chilly? to class in the cold, but. I don't wanna die of pneumonia on the sidewalk.
1: Yeah, it's a point where logic has to kick in and that that windshield. Yeah,
0: man. if if it approaches negative thirty Yeah, I think I think negative twenty it was negative twenty today some at some point. Yeah, I think that was it's... projected. Unbelievable. Uh, at the end of the hour we'll talk a little bit more about the NFL. We're gonna kick the show off with a little Super Bowl talk. Yes, the Super Bowl was yesterday along with National Stuffed Mushroom Day. bet you didn't know that one. I sure didn't. Some guy at church gets up and says, you know what today is? And everyone's like, oh, it's going to be the Super Bowl. He says, no, National Stuffed Mushroom Day. Great joke, great joke, you know. Just sad to be there. But we'll talk about the NFL's new drug policy next year, substance abuse policy that could lead to a Pro Bowl ban. Not so sure if I agree with that. But to kick off this show, just released... Brian Lurg, Michigan State Hockey CCHA Player of the Week this past weekend against Nebraska Omaha, three goals, one assist on the weekend. Big big game for the for the Spartans on ice at Joe Lewis Saturday night, seven thirty five drop against the Wolverines of Ann Arbor. Yes, the big showdown at the Joe is this weekend, seven thirty five. I will be there. Not necessarily covering hockey a lot this year, but I'm going to this one. Big game. Uh, we currently sit fourth in CCHA standings. And uh, we have not lost in our last seven. Good so uh, we're on fire. And the Lurg cousins are definitely on fire as well. Uh, we did tie this past weekend on Saturday. I believe it was 3-3. But a, a tie is not going to count as a loss. So, hey, undefeat, or have not lost in the last seven. If you'd like to give us a call, the numbers is 517-432-3893. We're going to kick it off with some Super Bowl wrap-up. Uh, we're going to talk with Paul Conendyke of Spartan Magazine here in about 15 minutes. He's going to break down Coach D'Antonio's first recruiting class. Um, the few months he had to throw that one together. Right. We'll, we'll see how he racked up. The signing. official signing day is Wednesday. A tough loss. We lost Ronald Johnson of Muskegon, a highly touted defensive back. Uh, Michigan State really thought they had him uh, for a little while there. Um, then he commits to USC uh, yesterday. So tough loss for the Spartans when we really need... Really need some quality defensive backs <laughs> yeah. in this program. Um, what it would, we'll probably just take a running back and, th- and yeah. throw him back there. You know yeah, that's probably be that's tradition. No, nah, I'm sure Coach Antonio's got something up his sleeve, and we'll talk with Paul Connendike Doug Spartan Mag about that. Men's basketball, women's basketball. We'll talk a little NBA as well. But to kick it off, you know, shout out to Brian Lurg, CCHA Player of the Week. Um, played well in the Spartans sit fourth in the CCHA. Next week, Juan, you will not believe who we have joining us in the studio next week. Very. You know, I'm trying to cater to all our segments of sports. All right. Michigan State Formula Racing Team joins us good next deal. week in Ooh, the studio. Good award-winning deal. racing team. They're featured at the North American International Auto Show. Yes, they are. Um, they're sponsored by numerous companies and ventures from around the area, and they build cars from scratch, and they're award-winning. They win races. They, they're they extremely talented at what they do. So we're going to talk to them next week about what they do and. Their upcoming competition, they're currently building a a miniature formula car. I can only imagine how fast it goes, but, you know, Michigan State's engineers, and obviously NASCAR being one of the the most watched sport out there. So we got Michigan State Formula racing team coming in next week, but we're kicking it off with a little Super Bowl. Way to go, Indianapolis Colts, making me look good. Peyton, despite the thumb injury, comes out balling with the MVP. 25-38, 25 of 38, 247 in a TD. What do you have to say to that, Juan and Idris and B Hood out there in Chicago? <laughs> the Colts won the Super Bowl. Thank you. Your thoughts, Juan, as you pick the Chicago Bears to win the Super
1: Bowl. <laughs> well, it was it was an interesting game. I, I hate to say it, but it was one of the worst Super Bowls I've seen, you know, in a, in a long time. I think the weather really took its toll. It was sloppy in, in the beginning, but. As far as the game goes it was it was a good game plan you know that Indianapolis had put in place and, and they went out and won they had all the pieces that they needed Vinatieri came through clutch again, kicking field goals from every part of the field so I all in all it was it was a mediocre game.
0: How could I be so rude Juan? I did not even introduce Brigitte. She's She's got numerous <laughs> family members listening tonight, and, and I couldn't even introduce...
2: I know, what's that about? The
0: lone, the lone female presence in the studio tonight, because Rachel d- ditched you it tonight. <laughs> it's all good. Uh, but R- Brigitte's in the house. What's up, Brigitte? How was your weekend?
2: Pretty good. Just trying to stay warm, you know.
0: Absolutely. It's cold out. Look out, Juan. Her birthday is coming up in, in <laughs> I, a couple... I know.
1: I've, I've been notified that her birthday <laughs> is quickly... Outstanding. I've been a. telling everybody, a. so... Hey,
0: outstanding. Outstanding. So, uh, good weekend, and the Rook is here. Rook, you know, a lot of people want your job, man, so you you better step your game up on the mic tonight. What can I say? This is a popular job right here. You the man, Rook, you the man. <laughs> uh, the Colts uh, win Super Bowl 41-29-17. Very sloppy. The weather paralleled the play of the game. Terrible, sloppy, wet, whatever you want to call it. The Colts passing game still still somewhat efficient. Somewhat fi- thank you, That's Thank you for was. the word I was missing. But... Moreover than than the play of Peyton Manning getting MVP, I think you could really give that MVP to the Colts defense. Oh yeah, I really was... think when you hold when you hold the Bears to three points throughout three quarters, giving them four, giving them fourteen in the first. Yeah, you know Devin Hester. Wow, scary at the beginning there. I was having flashbacks of Ohio State, but then I remembered what happened to the Buckeyes <laughs> at the end of that game. But Devin Hester just went nuts on that 92-yard kickoff return and you know that was that's a huge momentum swing to co- overcome for the right. Colts and they mm-hmm. really did it and they shut they shut them down 3 points throughout three quarters despite you know weather conditions and the injury to Cedric Benson obviously it had something to do with uh, that hurt them a lot that, that hurt their running game but uh was Peyton your MVP one
1: Actually no he wasn't I, I was pretty sure that if the Colts won the game they were going to give the MVP to Peyton unless last somebody
0: Really, you think you think it was a political move? Right? Oh,
1: without a doubt, it was political. He he, it wasn't even like um, they didn't even think about it. They didn't even consider anybody else for MVP. You know, as soon as they announced, you know, presented the Lombardi Trophy to him, they was handing him the MVP at the same time. So, uh, it's, if you looked at his face, it somewhat seemed to catch him off guard that he was even the MVP of the game, but. In my opinion, I would have gave it to Joseph die. I think he really carried the team. Both
0: receiving and rushing. Yes,
1: I think he had 10, 11 catches somewhere tied or or was one short of the Super Bowl record. Um, His ability to catch those one- and two-yard passes that Manning was throwing him and turning them to eight and nine yards, it was what really carried them and and kept the time of possession, you know, in their favor. So I, I think that was my MVP.
0: Brigitte, your MVP paid Manning?
2: Um... I mean, I like to die too, but I couldn't see how you really couldn't give it to Peyton because he was moving really well in and out of the pocket. And his offensive line was just giving him a lot of time to make better decisions, moving up and down, turning plays that should have been, you know, losses into big gains and everything like that. So, I mean, he did play really well. With all the years that the Colts have, you know, been in the playoffs and everything, they finally made it to the Super Bowl and won. You got to give it to him.
0: Personally, my MVP goes to Tony Dungy.
1: Yeah, it was well, more yeah, like. Yeah.
0: Tremendous, tremendous game plan. Okay, despite the weather, you think the Colts are going to come out airing that ball out. I mean, uh, Peyton had a touchdown, but that touchdown came on blown coverage. Yeah, it was definitely. I blown that's, that, that was not skills. That I could have thrown that right. pass. That's blown coverage on the Bears' part. But Tony Dungy coming in with a game plan to go up. I wouldn't have think he would have rushed as much as he did, you yeah, know, either. albeit the weather, yeah. Obviously, you're going to run the ball a little more. But the game plan he came with the dual threat backs. I just I just love how Tony Dungy put it together, and he, in my opinion, he gets the MVP. And way to go, first African American head coach to win a Super Bowl. Tremendous. It took long enough. I think a, you know opportunity was not there, and I'm glad that to see that Tony Dungy has done it. As a black man, Juan, you gotta be you gotta be proud of him.
1: It just shows a change in the times, man. It shows that as as you know. As people in general are moving forward, you know, getting some of those barriers taken down and giving the best man an opportunity to do what, what they can do best.
0: Absolutely. You know, you got to look at the show black and white on sports, baby. <laughs> <laughs> we, we break it down <laughs> to the. But uh, four degrees outside right now feels like negative eight. So yeah, That's about right. So stay warm out there, East, East Lansing, and wherever you're listening, if you want to give us a shout, 517 432. Thirty-eight, ninety-three. Kevin is kicking it. He's still got a scarf and hat on. Good deal. They're trying to save on the heat bill down here in Holden Hall, <laughs> trying to keep things warm. But we're we're gonna move forward. Uh, we're gonna talk a little about the signing day. Uh, Michigan State recruits this new incoming class. Dantonio's first class. They will sign. Official signing day is Wednesday at the Breslin Center. They got a whole big fiasco going on there. Uh, signing day with George Blaha on the mic. He's emceeing the ceremony. Michigan State basketball game to be viewed on the big uh, jumbo Tron uh, following the signing day. But we, we take a look at the class, and before we, get, before we name names and, and evaluate the overall class and with the needs that were filled and addressed, um, how, much, how much credit can you give to Antonio for a class that he was kind of not necessarily thrown in, but he had uh, minimal time to work with and, and maxed, had to max out the minimal amount of resources he had?
1: Well, I mean, you have to tip his hat to him for you know coming into a situation so quickly at such a critical time as when he was hired, and even filling enough recruits, you know, to even you know take up scholarships. So I think that was the key. But I think the the proof will be in the pudding to see how the guys actually get in and performed before you know we'll be able to see how effective it was.
0: Absolutely, as promised, joining us from Spartan Mag, he's a writer for Spartan Mag and SpartanMag.com, a recruiting analyst. Uh, none other than Paul Conendike, He's been on the show before. Hey, Paul, how you doing?
3: I'm doing pretty good. I'm ready for the big day.
0: Hey, man, I, I appreciate your time. I know you're a busy man. You're covering everything. Uh, but first of all, I want to just get an overall impression. Uh, how did Mark D'Antonio do with this new recruiting class that will sign Wednesday? What are your overall impressions on well, it?
3: First of all, I think that for a guy that came in uh, um, and didn't have a whole recruiting season to work with, he did very good. Um you know, I think uh on signing day you'll hear Coach D'Antonio say that he had a good but not great class. Um, got a lot of really solid talent out of Ohio, um, did really well in state, actually did better in state than Michigan did this year, which is a big surprise, but um that's uh that's pretty much a, a given. I mean state signed state will sign two of the top ten players uh in the state of Michigan and I think six or seven of the top thirty players. Uh, Michigan will only sign one player in the top thirty, or in, sorry, in the top ten in-state, and uh, five players in the top thirty. So I think you can see that Michigan State did a pretty good job in-state, capped off by a commitment from uh, a cornerback out of uh, uh, Detroit, Mumford, named Cedric Everson, who's probably the state's fastest man. Mm-hmm. Um, runs a four two nine forty. He's kind of like on an AU track team. He uh, runs all around the, on the all around the country. One of the fastest guys in the country, actually. So, a lot of SEC teams wanted him up. They actually promised him that he could run track as well as play football in the SEC. Uh, He had offers from Florida as well as uh, Georgia Tech. And uh, he had about 20 20 to 30 uh, scholarship offers. So, Michigan State was really lucky to get in on him at the end. And he's a guy that probably wouldn't have come to state had the old staff been in place. So, I think they did really good in state. Uh, did a great job in the state of Ohio. Of course, you'd expect that from D'Antonio, who's got great ties in Ohio, but they'll sign a lot of guys out of Ohio, including the number four player in Ohio, a defensive tackle by the name of Antonio Jeremiah. He's uh, he's unreal. So, uh, And, you know, four-year defensive lineman uh, were something that John O. Smith never really was able to get on campus uh, during his tenure. And uh, I think that's one of the big strengths of this class, is the defensive talent and the, the ability to recruit in the state of Michigan as well as the state of Ohio.
0: Absolutely. Paul Conondyke of SpartanMag.com. His info is located at SpartanMag.com. He writes for the magazine that is in circulation and updates the website, I'm pretty sure, daily and hourly. Um, Paul, just another question as well. When you look at this this recruiting class, is there a standout player that you think is going to have an impact over the other players recruited with this class?
3: Well, I think there's a couple of guys that are going to have a chance to to get in there and earn uh playing time in year one uh maybe even start i think uh the first guy is one I've already mentioned antonio jeremiah uh defensive tackle out of uh Hilliard derby in ohio uh he's six four uh two eighty he's probably closer to three hundred but he runs really well. he reminds me of those guys that usually end up at l s u uh you know the defensive tackles that can run people down from behind. Uh, I think he's got a chance to make an immediate impact and then uh yeah, there's a couple other guys I think that, that are are gonna stand out. Uh Cedric Everson's a guy that could earn playing time right away. Uh a junior college guy by the name of Michael Jordan, uh who I had the uh pleasure of uh, covering when he was uh when he was up at Grand Rapids Creston. Um and uh he he was out in Arizona for a while, but he's the number twenty four junior college player in the country, uh defensive end and he's just an absolute beast. He can run really well. Um He's a guy that was a basketball star up in Grand Rapids, too. Kind of a double-double a guy, uh, ran the floor really good, and, uh, and he's one of the fastest defensive ends in the country. So I think those two guys in the D line have a chance to step in and, and do some damage. And uh, overall, I think uh, you, you might be surprised by some other guys. Guys like uh, a linebacker out of Cincinnati Molar uh, by the name of uh, by the name of I uh, oh, me I can't even remember his name now. Greg Jones. Greg Jones out of Cincinnati Molar. He was uh, committed to Minnesota. Uh, but he decommitted to Minnesota and switched to Michigan State. I think he has got it really quick. He, he might have a, a chance to see the field uh, early and make a, make a pretty good impact. And then, you know, there's always kids that you don't expect to jump out of nowhere. Um, you know, football recruiting rankings only take you so far. They really never measure a kid's heart, and I think that's a lot of what football is, is heart.
0: Absolutely. Paul Conantyke of Spartan Mag joining us on the show tonight. Uh, SpartanMag.com is where his info is located at. Um, Paul, just a quick question. you have You seem to know... A lot of what you're talking about. Can you explain what you do? You're kind of like a recruiter yourself, the way you follow these guys and watch them in high school and watch them develop throughout college. Well,
3: I can't. You know, I'm not a recruiter. That's that's one thing I can't do. I mean, what I do is I, basically my job for SpartanMag.com and Spartan Magazine is you know, basically I'm the MSU beat writer uh, for football and basketball. But one of the other things I do is I help out with their recruiting coverage and basically uh, you know one of our slogans is it's football season 365 days a year part of football season for us is is following which guys Michigan State is looking at and which guys will come to Michigan State you know there's there's a big and a growing uh, market for for those type of uh publications and uh, my boss Jim Camparoni he's been in the business for a long time one of the first guys to start doing this and uh, we find every year more and more people want to find out about you know what's going on with their program as far as is uh you know not just on the field on Saturdays, but you know what the future of the program is, and I think that's the thing about recruiting is when you bring in guys and people people follow that it's always about hope you know it's always about looking at a, a group of guys, seeing where they project, seeing what they might be able to do to help your current team out and uh you know it's we've got a lot of dyers we've got a ton of subscribers that uh you know they probably they' probably spend a lot of time uh you know, not being productive at work and hanging out on our website, but yeah, <laughs> you know that's what we do. We cover Michigan State sports, uh, the major sports primarily, but Michigan State sports 365 days a year, and uh, you know, and when uh, when it's not football season, it's recruiting season. So it's always fun to see what what's going on and and uh, you know, following these kids from high school to college and and in, in beyond in some cases.
0: Uh, Just one more for you, Paul. Paul Conantyke of Spartan Mag joining us. SpartanMag.com is where his publications are located. How bad does it hurt to lose recruits like Ronald Johnson to USC and Keith Nickel to Oklahoma? Is that really going to hurt us in hindsight? Or do you think D'Antonio will be able to fill those plugs and young players already in the system will be able to rise to the occasion?
3: Well, the Rod Johnson thing, uh, he would have been a tremendous addition to this recruiting class, which is very good. Uh, I don't think it's going to hurt a lot. I think just being in it to the end and uh, and being kind of the number two choice behind USC uh, it's kind of you know it surprises a lot of people. It's something that that you know people take a look at and they're like, oh, I didn't know Michigan State was in it. Of course, you know I've been saying all all year long that that Ron Johnson was not a lock to Michigan like everyone thought. Uh, there's a lot of misgivings with uh, with Michigan with Ron Johnson and his family. Um, there's a lot of stuff that went on beyond the scenes that you know I could talk to you for hours about and you'd be like oh my gosh that kind of stuff really happens but i mean it was it was a crazy recruitment from that standpoint um of just some of the extracurricular things that went on but i don't think it hurts i mean losing keith nickel hurts because he's a kid that committed uh 2 years ago and stayed with the program through thick and thin um you know kind of was an ambassador for the program but you know he's gone and uh he left early enough in the recruiting process where it didn't hurt michigan state's momentum i think what you saw is is uh, after Keith Nicholl uh, decommitted, instead of people looking at Michigan State, um, it, it, when people are reading about recruiting, instead of looking at it, it's a collection of offensive talent. You know, Coach D'Antonio started to focus on the defensive talent, and that's something that's really been lacking in Michigan State recruiting in the last three years. I mean, it seemed like every guy that brought, that was brought in when uh, John all was here uh, ended up on the offensive side of the football. You know, in this case, you see Coach D'Antonio focusing in on a number of talented players, but also positions of need. And I think that's probably the most important thing in recruiting. And one of the things that goes unnoticed is positions of need. It's always nice to sign the marquee billboard type players, but if you're not also adding players of of quality uh, that are you know just average solid players, you know you're not going to get very far. Football is a sport where one superstar is not going to hurt you or help you too much. But if you have some uh, gaps in your program or you have some uh, lack of talent in certain areas, it's really going to kill you. So I think as long as you're filling all your positions in need and you're getting good coaching to go along with it, that's how you win football games.
0: Absolutely. we got a call online too, Paul. We're going to see if it's a question for you. and We'll be right back with you. Paul Conendyke is online with Spartan Mag with us. Hey, welcome to the Spartan Sports Rep. How are you doing?
4: I'm all right. How about you?
0: Not bad, not bad. What's on your mind tonight in the world of Spartan sports or professional sports?
4: Uh, Justin. I had a quick question for Juan Simmons.
0: Oh, go ahead, go ahead.
4: Yeah, so wine uh about the new recruiting class that's coming into MSU football. I wanted to know, you know, in the past we've talked and uh, you said that Michigan State been on the loser side of your winners and losers theory. How do you think this this draft class or this signing class will put us?
1: Well it's definitely a turn in the right direction. Uh, for the limited amount of time that he had, you know, he he took and his resources and definitely scoured the state to get some of the top talent. I know, like, the D-back coming from uh, Mumford, you know, one of the fastest guys in the country, runs for the, for the Motor City Mustangs. He's definitely going to be able to, you know, help spread the field and, and help patch that thinning area of defensive back. Because, of course, we're going to get Ross Weaver back this year. So, I mean, we're going to be a little tougher. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it.
0: Hey, man, we thank you for your call. We're back here with Paul. How you doing, Paul? Looks like we may have lost Paul Conondyke as well. We apologize to Mr. Conondyke for losing his call, the, the technical difficulties of trying to, to put two people on the air at once. But, uh, Paul, we thank, we thank Mr. Conondyke of Spartan Mag for joining us, giving us a little preview of Michigan State football. When we get back, Paul Conondyke will be back to join us and wrap it up. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, but when we get back, Paul Conondyke wraps things up. Spartan Magazine joining us after the break. Stay with us. You're listening to Exposure on 88.9 The Impact.
3: For some high school students, school can be a dangerous place. A
1: lot of gang members look at you as a gang member, too.
3: For some, just being in school can be a struggle.
2: I wouldn't go to school. I didn't care about what my mom said. My mom would tell me, like, what are you doing for yourself? You're not doing nothing.
3: But despite all the obstacles, inside every high school student... Is a graduate.
2: People look down on you if you don't have a diploma. I want to graduate because they say I won't.
3: Go to boostup.org and find out how you can help a friend, a son, a daughter finish high school. Boostup.org, brought to you by the U.S. Army and the Ad Council.
2: For more variety than you'll hear on any other station, listen to The Impact Primetime, Primetime, where you can find a different specialty show every night of the week. Tuesday nights from 8 until midnight, The Impact's progressive torch and twang brings you the best in alternative
0: country and grassroots music. Only on Impact Primetime. You're listening to Exposure on 88.9, The Impact. Phone lines are open at 432 3893 And now, back to Exposure. Welcome back to the Spartan Sports Rep on Impact 89FM. But more importantly, we're back on the air with Mr. Connaghty. Hey, sorry about that, Paul. We just had a little technical difficulty in the studio. But we're back with Paul Connaghty to wrap up a little Spartan recruiting. So, Paul, if you could give an overall grade to this recruiting class and D'Antonio's inaugural season, what, what would you give it?
3: I think it's a, probably in the solid B-plus, A-minus range, considering what what Michigan State had to overcome. Anytime you add a coach late in the recruiting process, it's almost impossible I mean, because you're looking at a situation where you have to reevaluate all the recruits that are kind of on the radar. You have to try to try to recruit kids that maybe you're at your former school but you weren't able to get because, like, at Cincinnati, you know, it didn't have the name that Michigan State did. So I think as far as them mobilizing, getting in high schools, getting kids on campus and getting kids signed up, I think a, a solid B-plus, A-minus range. And uh, it, it's a lot better than I expected. And I think I think you're going to see even more. Uh, you're going to see a great recruiting class next year because there's so much talent in in the state of Ohio for 2008. That uh, in Michigan State's got such a good name down there right now with Coach Antonio. I think the future's really bright for recruiting and uh, in for production on the football field because this coaching staff is a very a very cohesive unit and uh, they really know what they're doing.
0: Hey, we thank you very much, Paul. Paul Conondike of Spartan Mag. You can see him probably just about at every Michigan State football and basketball game, covering it for Spartan Magazine. Thanks a lot, Paul. All right, take care. Once again, Paul Conondike of Spartan Magazine joining us there. Just wrapped up Michigan State football signing day. Michigan State nabs the top in-state recruiting class. Can't go wrong with that. Um, beating out Michigan for the likes of the aforementioned stars from Detroit Mumford and the likes of, Nothing wrong with having the fastest kid in the state on the squad next season, so I'm thrilled to see that. And like you said, little things like Ross Weaver will be back, and and guys like guys that were just simple role players this year, um, you know, your boy number four, CG.
1: Right. Then you're gonna have Hoyer at the helm. They're gonna play a more traditional offense. So I mean, it's, it it should be make a quick turnaround. I see them. They should win at least eight or nine games this coming year.
0: Yeah, I mean the the expectations will be down. Obviously, right. co- coaches premier season. So hopefully Coach Antonio can put it together. I'm sure he will. We're going to be running the football. So we'll be ready to see the ground game in full force. But we're in full force moving forward. 517-432-3893. If you want to chime in on anything, <laughs> ask anyone a question. Yes, his name's Dewan Simmons. If you want to ask him another question, come on with it. It's it's what he uh it's what he volunteers for. 517 432 3893. Brigitte's here as well. She's here to answer your questions. She knows sports just as good as Juan does. Good deal, good deal. <laughs> you know, we try our best. And the Rook's in the background. Rook, when are you going to talk today? You know, what are your thoughts on this recruiting class?
1: I have no thoughts. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that Fumble. <laughs>
0: All right, one more time. 517 432 is the number. Holler at us. But, hey, if you don't want to holler at us and you're shy and you want to check out our past shows online, the website is www.impact89fm.com, and uh, click podcast, and you can check out our, our archives at the Spartan Sports Rap logo. That's a pretty snazzy logo if you haven't seen it, Juan. I have. And uh, they have, they're have they pretty. Up, they're through mid-December, so I'm proud of our guys who are on that. Um, if you would like to hear that Edong Ebok interview, which I think is tremendous, not because I did it, but because Ebok came in the studio through the snow and blizzard to do it with us. Um, I believe that was the same show that Dave died from the Detroit News was on. So go ahead and check that out. I believe that was uh, December 10th, I think it was. So go ahead and check that out at www.impact89fm. It is 8 degrees outside. No, 4 degrees, and it feels like negative 8. There you so go. uh the So hopefully the sports wrap is keeping you warm in your hearts tonight. 517-432-3893. Um, keep those phones going. Kevin is ready. We're on to Michigan State men's basketball. Three straight Big Ten losses. Just when we thought things were going well with four straight Big Ten wins, Uh, we just dropped our third in a row this Saturday with Ohio State at the crib. So, a recap of that Ohio State loss. Did Michigan State lose that game or did Ohio State win that game?
1: I'm going to actually have to say Ohio State won that game. You know, Michigan State didn't actually play bad. They played how Michigan State plays. They played to their typical level. It wasn't like they came out there and shot themselves in the foot with numerous turnovers or you know horrible shots. They actually played and ran the offense to the best of their ability, but they were out talented so they came up a little short.
0: Brigitte, your thoughts on Saturday's game? Obviously, you watched it studying yeah. hard studying hard for the exams you had today. How would the exams go? First of all.
1: I
2: think they went well. We'll see you tomorrow. We put get a- the we, we put academics first, <laughs> first. here at the that is sports so true.
0: And evidence of that is is Dewan props you, man. Dewan has taken an internship in Boise Idaho. <laughs> um, with a certain computer company, you know, we can't endorse it on the air, but a very we can't even talk about money, but monetarily you're being rewarded for your hard work thus far. How many credits till you graduate, Juan?
1: I have nine after this semester. Nine
0: after this semester. Juan graduated in two thousand and four. Juan is on the accelerated three and a half year program, okay? So this not only is he up to date and knowledgeable on the world of athletics. Juan also gets it done over there in the packaging building on Wilson Road.
1: There you go. <laughs> so so big up
0: to Juan. But you're gonna be leave- When do you leave us, and how long are you gonna be gone?
1: Uh, I'm actually leaving May 18th because my first day of work is the 21st of May, and I'll be back December 21st. So I'm gonna do a, a cool seven months.
0: A cool seven months in boy in Boise, Idaho. <laughs> cool you you and uh, Boise, Idaho. the the team that thought they should have been in the BCS championship. You got it. So you know you I'm and the, you and the friends. you and the four people that listen to the show out there <laughs> can hang out. <laughs> to Michigan State sports, but but Brigitte, you think Michigan State did they? <laughs> I did think they Michigan lose that? State
2: lost that game for sure. Um, I mean, just the way they were playing, they had multiple opportunities to go ahead. I think the score was like forty-one to forty-two. They had a couple of chances to go up, and just the immaturity of the team that Michigan State is right now, they couldn't get those points to take the lead, possibly you know put the game away. But um, I did see some really good things that I liked that hopefully. We'll do well for them in the upcoming games. I can't agree they with you. I can't I can't
0: agree with you more on the point that this team just looks so young and so inexperienced out there on Saturday. They got they got with they got they tied the game at what, forty two? Mm-hmm. They they tied the game and they're they're young and inexperienced, so it seems like they just didn't have what it took to get over that hump, get the lead, get the crowd really into the game and then just fly from there and get a huge win that we really needed for our tournament resume. But here's what Coach Tom Izzo had to say today when I had a chance to sit down with Coach at his weekly press conference about the Ohio State loss and what he thought about how the Spartans had played. A lot of ball screens, or maybe that
5: could have happened. Um, but, you know, those things... Uh, it was our it was our first half execution our our bigs did not screen very well um and we got a little impatient there and and uh you know i really I really felt it was more us to blame than them to get credit for, and yet I think they're a very good team, so not playing, you never know you know uh, somebody asked me a good question, I thought from their media Bob Baptist about. Did Odin's first couple of blocks and things intimidate your guys a little bit? It's easy for me to say no. I didn't take any shots, you know, and and I really didn't jump in anybody's head. You know, and if you ask the kid whether you're intimidated, what's he going to say? Yeah. (laughs) So I don't know that, and that might have had more to do with some things than I thought, but I really felt like uh, that our execution the first half, and I thought Hunter the
0: last eight minutes were the two big things that were the difference in the game. I couldn't agree with Coach Iza more on those points. Greg Oden, I really think, mm-hmm. brought a presence that he did not bring in that game down in Columbus just a week ago that he brought to the floor. He was dunking the basketball, catching alley-oops, sending shots into the third row. That presence alone is going to alter your shot. Just as when, we, when we'll when we talk about women's basketball coming up later in the hour, about how Alyssa DeHaan is such a presence in the middle and how she alters shots. But if you want to sh- give us a shout, 517 432 is a number. That was just Coach Tom Izzo. Um, Just reflecting on the loss to Ohio State this past Saturday, that's the Michigan State Spartans' third straight loss in the Big Ten, really hurting our tournament resume, if you ask me. But at the end of the day, I still still think and hope that this Michigan State squad can make a push and get into the tournament. I really think that some intangibles are really going to help us along the road, things like nine straight NCAA tournament appearances. When that comes down to the committee, when they're at that table, deciding who's in, who's out intangibles like that are really going to push us over the top, I think.
1: Yeah, I couldn't agree more. As far as, like, tradition and stuff like that, the the selectors for the for the final big dance is, is going to, you know, lean in their favor on things like that, but it should be close. I, I still say it's tight because you still have two games at Wisconsin, one more at Indiana. Still got two with U of M, so I mean, it's going to be tight. Um, that Texas, you know, is starting to help them out. Now that Texas is playing good, so you know, that's going to be a little bonus. Um, the Boston College loss might come back and hurt him a little bit.
0: I think that the loss to open up Big Ten play by two at no. Iowa is really is really going to hurt us. Yeah. But when you look when you look down the stretch, when guys finally start to come around and get healthy, there no way in no sh- shape is Raymar Morgan in good shape. the The guy's playing thir- upwards of thirty five minutes a game, coming off six weeks off, really hurting. And you know you can blame the kid one for eight. I think it was two points. Okay, freshmen are going to have their bad days. This is not a veteran player. This is a kid that we're getting more out of than we could ever imagine at this point in the season. The kid in his last, I think his, the last few games he's starting, I believe he's averaging about 10 points and 5 or 6 rebounds a game. Yeah, um, in his last, starting his last 5 since coming off the injury, um, 10.6 points and 5.4 rebounds a game. So those are numbers that, that's a freshman giving you those solid numbers, and coaches are really reflected on that today. Um, by saying that you know this kid is going to be amazing, you know, so, yeah, somewhere along the lines of that, that this when this kid gets there, it is going to be amazing to watch, and hopefully we won't be watching him jump to to the NBA early than, yeah. sooner than, but hopefully we can get that NCAA championship before <laughs> before it's all said and done. But if you'd like to say something, five one seven four three two thirty eight ninety three, we got Duane in the house, Brigitte the rook. Hey, you can ask any of us a question, any Michigan State sport. Hey, we'll dive in and talk about it, gymnastics to field hockey, whatever. Field hockey made a run to the Final Four a couple of years back. You know, we, We'll give them props. We're, we, we give credit where credit is due on this show. Um, Maurice Joseph, struggling as of late. Um, shooting defensively, really struggling. Um, do you think it I've, – I've, I read a lot of forums. I read a lot of articles, basically every article that's written around Lansing and Detroit area on this fine institution – um, is it time to give Ducree some minutes?
1: It's been time to give Ducree some minutes. I mean, that's that's well overdue. You have a guy who's been in and directly in the program for for two years now and indirectly for three, three and a half. So he knows the system. He's played with the guys. He's he's capable. Uh, at this point, you have nothing to lose. If you have a guy who's out there who who's struggling on both ends of the court, why not give the next guy a chance? I mean, he's a senior. He's not going to be back after this. He's he's a great ball handler. He's a terrific you know set shooter, so why not let him come off some of those screens or some of those fades and kickbacks and let him jack up some threes? You never know what might happen.
0: Yeah, I think Ducree is extremely quick. Uh, play, growing or Not growing up, but coming here when I was a freshman, I played against Ducree a lot. Um, Ducree was was a walk-on originally. He, right. played, he played out the IM at the intramural building. We played out a lot, and I, I had chances to guard Ducree and go up against Ducree, and he's extremely quick, and I played against him this summer. Um, extremely talented defender. He may be undersized. That's the only thing that worries me. If we're gonna have Drew Neitzel, Travis Walton, and Demarcus DeCree in the game at the same time, yeah, I don't think you can do that. You can I think you have to have two. You have to pick two of those three to have in the game at once. Uh, preferably, I'd go with Drew Neitzel and Demarcus. I like the combination move. Drew keep Drew at the off guard position. Have Demarcus bring the ball up. Um, when you see a walk on come in and he doesn't show you much, the, you got to remember these kids are coming off the bench cold. If you give the kid some extended minutes and just see, get, let him get into the groove of the game. Just let let him get his his motor running, and I think Ducree will surprise a lot of you. I remember last year the kid would come in and hit a, a three like every game he played.
1: Yeah, at the end or they they'll put him in for for those dirt minutes. He always hit all his free throws and make all his threes. He makes smart decisions with the ball, so. At the point you're at now, if you have people who are struggling, why not give a next capable player a chance?
0: Not to be all over Demarcus Ducre or ride his whatever. Right. Um, the the kid has tremendous love for the game. Exactly. That, and and that that alone um, would make me want to give Ducre a few more minutes. I mean, when when they have a day off, um, Ducre's in the gym play, playing playing. You you can't you can't teach it. He's got a love of the game. All the kid wants to do is play, and he earned himself a scholarship this year. So maybe we'll see a little more of one five. But our main problem has been offensive production and diversity of that. Um, We're looking at two main guys. Goran Sutan finally broke out of the inconsistent rut um, and had a nice game. Um, Was it 14 points? Tremendous shooting day for him going right at Greg Oden. Our main problem is the offensive production, but we obviously have targeted that. But what needs to change? Is it the offensive play calling? Is it the structure of our offense? What exactly within our offensive schema needs to change so that we can get more points out of people like Queese Gray, who the past two games has had more fouls than points, and Namek, who looks like he's being robbed when he catches the ball. (laughs)
1: Yeah, he is being robbed every time.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And and Sutton's got some turnover problems, but for the most part... He's He's been somewhat consistent with his play this year. He's leading the team in rebounding, six in the Big Ten in rebounding, with just shy of seven a game. So he's hitting the glass. But we are yet to find that consistent second second option to Drew Neitzel. Yeah, right now it's Raymar Morgan. But obviously, as we, as we've seen, Raymar, with his coming off the injury, he can't really count on him to really bring it. So what needs to change?
1: You 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 hit it on the head earlier. It's all of the above. They need to get a new, a whole new type of type of play. Their whole style needs to be revamped. If if it was me, I would open the court up more, lose some of that structured play because when you're sitting out there and you're running Drew Knights around two double screens and, and then another floating screen and try to get him a set shot, that's only going to work for so long. I mean, it, and, and it's only going to wear him
0: out for yes. the 38 minutes he's played. The kids played the most minutes combined in the Big Ten right now. Um, averaging just below the kid from Penn State, Jamil Cornley. So, Drew Neitzel's going to wear down sooner or later. I don't care. Coach Izzo said today that Drew Neitzel, pound for pound, is the best conditioned athlete he's ever coached. But there comes a point after 25 games of running around screens and then busting yours on defense and doing a very good job of it that you're going to wear down in running off double screens and running the baseline coming off a a ball reversal that that stuff is going to wear you down i i, I can agree with you that we need to to open up a little bit more but at the same time some other these some of these other guys really need to step it up
1: See, that's the thing. Like a lot, a lot of the guys on the team now, they're they're not um, what I call on-ball scorers, meaning they can't score with the ball in their hand. So what you need to do to try to get the most out of their talent is to get them in transition. If you let some of those guys run the court and, and get down there before the defense quite gets set. What would
0: some of those guys be? Maurice Joseph? Uh, one.
1: Maurice Joseph, uh, Queese Gray, Raymar Morgan with thrive in the open court. Um, Just an upbeat tempo. I, I say switch up the tempo. Uh, You know, you got Travis. Travis can push the ball up the court, but oftentimes they'll have him walk the ball up the court, you know, and and get down in that rigor mortis set D. So if I was them, you know, open the court up, uh, try to get some shots up early in the shot clock. If you notice, they'll run the shot clock down to six, seven seconds and then end up hoisting something up there. You know, get down there, attack. See if you get some shots up within 10 seconds of the shot clock every now and then.
2: Um, to go along with what Juan said, one of the best plays they were calling against Ohio State was just the simple pick and roll that I think caught Greg Oden off guard like a couple times and gave Namek a couple easy basket, baskets and uh, Suton. So if they could just change their play calling a little bit and, you know, look to those guys down low, get those good second chance points off, you know, missed looks or whatever, just like, stick with that
0: in all honesty if you really look some of these shots are we're getting our, our wide open looks but they're just not going down so I think with time I really think this team is lacking some chemistry uh with with players out you go six weeks Raymar Morgan barely practicing you you look and say oh he's come back that doesn't mean he's practicing every day right. that means he's mm-hmm. standing on the sideline and just watching there's it's a big difference when you can be involved and build chemistry with guys like T. Walton and Drew Neitzel and get things going again, and then you got Maurice Joseph with the foot injury. He's not. He, I don't think he's fully healthy yet, and then that, that, that contributes to his struggles and on the, the defensive end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the goggles. I mean, the like Todd Schultz bad. said, lose the goggles, and in Mojo is is buckets. Um, a nice article I read today. Drew Nightel leading the young Spartans by Andy Cats on ESPN.com was a tremendous article. Um, I enjoyed it. It spoke about how Drew Nightel has really just embraced this role. Of going from role player to the man, basically this season, and um, nothing more can be said that Drew Neitzel deserves the first team All Big Ten and some some votes for Big Ten Player of the Year. But obviously, that's going to go to a more successful upper tier team of the Big Ten. All right. And uh, this comes we we bring it to a point that uh, Michigan State in the NCAA tournament. It's right around the corner. Wow, it's already February fifth. Here we're looking down the home stretch of our season. And uh, I got the chance to sit down with Coach Izzo today and see what he had to say about the Spartans' chances on the NCAA tournament, his thoughts on that. And, you know, you got to be sick as a coach of hearing it. But you know what, Coach Izzo enlightened me today uh, at his press conference about the NCAA tournament and the Spartans' chances. You know, when I
5: when I look at all that, and I, and I do, just like you guys do, I mean, I, I, I can sit there and say I'm just going to win as many games as I can and see what happens. I, I mean, of course I have to look at it. I just... I don't know where it looks good, you know, that doesn't mean it looks bad. I just mean, I can't come up with any scenarios. Um, sure. If we win a game, it's, you know, that game, it's going to help us some, but you got six more then that are, I mean, you know, I mean, not very often, I don't think ever since I've been here, did you say you can go into 10 games and potentially lose them all? I mean, and, and not be any major surprise um that hasn't happened you know and it just and then i don't know what that does to a team when you lose three and four in a row i mean i think i do but it hasn't happened to me a lot either so uh yeah it's a big game and it's it's an important game that we we play better and it would be really nice because then you got a little few days off to hopefully work on some things that you haven't gotten the chance to do and then i think it would also help us uh Going into that home stretch, that's going to be critical. But you know, if you look at how many games you got to win, um, as I said, I, I get confused with Ohio State and Wisconsin have beaten everybody except Indiana on the road, and Indiana doesn't have to go back to Wisconsin. So I mean, you know, you figure there'd be there's going to be a lot of teams that are going to lose some games like that,
0: and uh, how the committee looks at that, I mean, it's going to be fun to watch going to be fun to watch I can't agree with that more it's it's going to be very interesting how this season pans out for the Spartans and if we do get that bid to the NCAA tournament the three straight losses in the Big Big Ten obviously don't hurt us but going in we're going to put Ohio State behind us we got the Boilermakers on Wednesday night that's at 8pm tip Eastern time down in West Lafayette uh, but uh, bad news for the Spartans um, the Boilermakers are 12-1 at home this season. Um, very Jekyll and Hyde-ish this year. Mm-hmm. Struggling on the road, both shooting and record-wise. But they come home to Mackey Arena, and they can really lay it down. They've only lost mm-hmm. once there. Um, both teams, <clears> kind of <throat> about the same. 4-5 and five in the Big Ten. Um, but Michigan State really trying to make a strong push in these last, what, seven games of the season. Um, this is Michigan State's sixth road game um, in their first ten. So, obviously... Simple Math says we're playing more than half of, our, half of our opening schedule on the road. And I'm sure Coach Thomas will let you know he's not a fan of that. But after this game on Wednesday against Purdue, we have four straight home games, starting with the University of <laughs> Michigan. I can't wait. Tuesday, next Tuesday night at 9 p.m. I believe that is an ESPN tip. I'm going to check. Yes, it is February 13th, 9 p.m. ESPN. I hope the Izone is nuts. I can't wait to see us put Michigan out of the Brez by at least 20. At
1: least 20. At yeah.
0: least 20. There are some bums down there in, Amar- in Ann Arbor. I cannot wait for that game. Also, quick note, Saturday at the Joe, Joe Lewis Arena, Michigan, Michigan State Hockey, 735. The puck is dropping. I'll be there. I'll get some quotes and some coverage for you to talk about on Monday because those Spartans are playing well on that ice. It's cold outside, but boy, is it hot in Mon Arena lately. Back to the boilermakers, can I get some keys to the game against Purdue coming up on Wednesday? Then we get six days off until we take on Michigan
1: uh keys to the game defend the perimeter That's the key for Purdue. Stop them from getting out and getting those wide open uh trade balls you know they they really like to maximize those and they they thrive on those while they're at home. um second thing, I would say, come out and play a stronger second half like Michigan State will come out and they'll play they have played consistently, but they have their ups and downs. That comes, of course, inexperienced. But putting a whole strong second half together from beginning to end, I think, would be the key to them winning. That's how they lost the Iowa game. That's how they lost the Indiana game and both Ohio State games. So if they could come out and put a strong, consistent second half together, I'd say they're they're okay.
0: The number's 517-432-3893. If you'd like to chime in, we've got about 13 minutes left. Brigitte.
2: I say it every week, but foul trouble, got to limit that. Turnovers, you have to limit that. That's ball probably, control is
0: essential to this game. Ball control,
2: too. That's probably one of the most important things. Uh, get the good open looks. Try not to run soul as much. Conserve some of his energy. Uh, when you have the open shot, take it. Don't always look for the extra pass because that... Most often results in the turnover because it's usually
0: is, is that, forced. Can you is that directed towards any player? <laughs> <laughs> may, hey, maybe. you know
2: I'm not going to say names. Hey, the
0: rook. What you got for me, brother? Keys to the game: Michigan State at Purdue Wednesday, 8 p.m. Uh, I think our rebounding uh, against Iowa State, we were minus three in the rebounding margin. Usually we were at plus nine, and their biggest man is six seven, and we have guys six ten uh, taller than that with Udong and. Namek, I think our rebounding needs to be very good this game. Absolutely. Can't agree with you more, Rook, but that guy who is six seven, his name is Carl Landry, and you were a sophomore in high school when Carl Landry came in and gave Paul Davis 30 points in the <laughs> Breslin Center. How short is your memory, son? That six-seven kid, two fifty-two. He gave Michigan State buckets that final four year. He came in here. I think he had some injury problems last he year. Did. He was quiet, but this year he's, he's back, beast. and we know he's what he can do. And our post defense has been terrible. Okay, I'll say okay until Greg Oden just exploited us. Um, but nonetheless, gotta. That's that's my number one key to the game: limit Landry. Is my number one key to the game because I know what he is capable of. Uh, I'll say it again: DJ White, Landry, and Greg Oden—they're the top top three players in the post players in the Big Ten. And I really think that it's it's a toss up. You know, Greg Oden's had his bright spots, but Landry can take over a game. He's flying and,
1: under radar too. Right he now.
0: definitely not a lot talked about him. Another thing, huge ball control. Purdue second in the Big Ten in steals. We got to take care of the ball. No casual mm-hmm. passes. Inbounds plays have been killing us.
1: They have the worst inbound play I've ever seen in my entire life. They're called they're slobs out. and blobs. <laughs> Sideline out of bounds and baseline out of well, bounds. Slobs tra- and blobs, baby. Oh, man. Those are terrible. They run the same double pick and end up hiking that 60, 70-foot pass to the other end mm-hmm. of the court. You know, he throws it all the way to the rafters. It goes out of the screen. He needs to come back down. I mean, it's just a matter of time before the team, other team, you know, runs down there. Puts one guy back deep, and you're gonna have all type of problems. I've never seen a team get so many consistent five second violations.
0: Last time we played in West Lafayette, uh, Michigan State did beat Purdue sixty eight fifty seven. Hopefully, we can have a similar outcome on Wednesday night. So, keys to the game: Juan, yours. Oh, mine will be a
1: defense perimeter perimeter defense. I mean, and put a, put together a strong second half. Brigitte, ball control and limit turnovers.
0: And the Rook, rebounding margin just a little review you know try to get those try to have those, have those there listeners key in on those and hopefully when we come back next week we will have a successful victory over the boilmakers we're going to take a quick break when we get back we're going down the home stretch grab your phones give us a shout 517-432-3893 is the number we're going to wrap it up with a little green versus white sorry we didn't get to women's basketball we got sidetracked tonight Aww. but we're going to get we're going to get through this green and white we might touch on it Uh, But definitely shout-out to those women's basketball players. Two big wins last week. Stay with us. Nine minutes. You're listening to Exposure on 88.9 The Impact. And now, back to Exposure. Before we jump to our debate to end the hour on who should be the number one draft pick in the NBA draft, if they go, Kevin Durant or Greg Oden, um, just, a, just a simple wrap-up to the preview of Purdue. Coach Izzo uh, sat down with him once again today, and uh, here, here are his thoughts on the Boilermakers and what they're going to be able to bring to the table when we go down to West Lafayette on Wednesday night. They run a little bit more motion than they did with Gene. Gene was more
5: play-oriented and a little more motion, but still very physical team and, uh,
0: and, and one that plays awfully hard at home. Welcome back to the show, and we have a quick phone call. Welcome to the Spartan Sports Rep. How are you doing?
4: Hey, I'm doing all uh, right. What
0: up, Dan? with it? your boy, Idris. Ad- oh, look who comes out of the boondocks, brother. I'm sorry that the Chicago Bears lost. I bet you were geeked when Devin Hester took it to the house.
4: Yeah, it seemed like after after Devin Hester did his thing and uh and the Bears created those turnovers, I thought we was off to a to a great style. We about to win the Super Bowl and then um uh, our season comes full circle and uh Rex Grossman was the downfall. I mean it it sucks it sucks to watch them have them turnovers and the game be twenty two seventeen and now we got a possession that we can go down and score, make the score 24-17, and we end up with an interception that goes fifty-six yards back the other way for a touchdown. That hurt. Please believe.
0: So so was uh, was Rex Grossman simply outplayed by the soon-to-be Hall of Famer, Peyton Manning?
4: I, I, I wouldn't say he was out, outplayed because uh, we all know that Peyton Manning shouldn't have been Super Bowl MVP. I, well, we we, we agreed Manning.
0: with that. I wanted, I wanted Tony Dungy.
4: <laughs> uh, if you ask me, I thought it was Dominic Rose. The way he hit the holes and the way he, he basically controlled the clock. I mean, there there was nothing the Bears had no answer for that. But still, while he was doing that, the Bears still had a chance to win the game. And I'm just saying the season just happened to come full circle with Rex Grossman. And uh, hopefully next season, I mean, he, he comes out and uh, he gets those boys back to the Super Bowl.
0: Hey, you did say this summer, months ago, that the Bears would be in Super Bowl 41. So, Idris, you're faithful to this show. So, you know, what? we give you credit for that.
4: That's what's up, man. I had a to call to give you all a shout
0: out. You're doing a great job, man. I'm a holler at y'all. Hey, thank you, man. Idris, we appreciate the phone call. Wrapping it up here. Quick green versus white. Uh, you've heard the talk. We've played them both multiple times. Greg Oden and Kevin Durant of Texas. Who are you going to take in the draft, regardless of needs you need to fill, regardless of teams and styles of play? If you're simply looking for the best player available, um, who are you going to take, Greg Oden or Kevin Durant? We want to know what you think. 517 432. 3893. We'll start with you, Juan. You taking the big man from Columbus or are you going with the athletic T-Mac like Kevin Durant?
1: I'm actually going to have to take Durant as as the best player. Um interestingly enough though, I I would prefer to draft Odin, you know, even though I believe Durant's the better player, but I don't know how the NBA game will wear on on Durant due to his frame. You know, he's 6'7", six, 6'8" six, and he's coming in about 200 even.
0: <laughs> soaking wet,
1: soaking wet. So, but his his skills is there. That's given his athleticism is there. That's given the fact that you can handle the ball, pull up in your face, you know, shoot shoot the th- shoot the three ball. Uh, he can still drive to the rack. He's strong on the boards. He blocks shots. Uh, you know the whole the whole nine yards. He he can do it all. But as far as the NBA game and looking at the pace of the NBA, uh, Greg might be a better fit as to that type of. Up and down pace because he does have the athleticism down low, but his post game isn't as strong as as what you would need for somebody
0: you know to be a dominant player. Brigitte, your pick <laughs> number one in the NBA draft. You're gonna take Kevin Durant or Greg Oden?
2: Ah, uh, right now I wouldn't take either, but if I had to choose, I would probably pick Durant just because Oden gets caught looking a couple times down low. I think he still needs a lot of work on his defense. Tremendous offensive player, but like I said, gets caught looking quite a few times but um still. so you so you're going right to
0: go, so go with Kevin Durant? Yeah,
2: I would go with Con- him.
0: Contrary to what Coach Izzo had to say today, uh, when asked the same question, coach, are you going to who are you going to take if you had a choice, if you could take Kevin Durant or Greg Odin if you're an NBA GM? Here's what Coach Izzo had to say today about what who his choice would be if he was to choose between the two.
5: God, you know.
1: I I I,
0: I hate being one of those
5: guys on potential you know but I still think uh, I think right now Odin has a higher ceiling I think right now Durant is more polished um I guess some of it depends who you got and what you want and what you need but but uh Odin as I said he he keeps getting better and there's just some things that I know he'll add to his game that'll make him even better and better and it's hard with that body and brain. I mean, he's got the, kind of the whole package. And yet, uh, I just talked to Rick Barnes last week, and, you know, he still says that uh, his kid is competitive and works and is incredibly skilled. And whether he can fill out, you know, that'll make a difference, too. I mean, there can be some skinny NBA players. I mean, you know, Tayshaun's done a heck of a job and things like that. But... um that would be my only worry. I, I don't know if I was a GM. I guess I haven't seen him enough to, to really watch enough film and and figure out how I wanted to play. If I was Phoenix, I'd be taking him. If I was, you know, Miami, I might be taking Odin. And
0: if I was Michigan State, I'd take either one of them. <laughs> <laughs> I see Coach Izzo still got some humor and uh, left in him despite the three straight losses. But wow, Coach Coaches are really breaking it down for us there. Uh, Between Odin and Durant, um, uh, obviously I would take either one of them to play down low in a Spartan uni every week down at the Breslin Center. But uh, to wrap up the show here, we're just about out of time. We thank you for listening. We're here every Monday night, 7 to 8 p.m. Our engineer is Kevin. We appreciate his services on the phones, on the boards, every Monday consistently performing for the Spartan Sports Rep. In the house, the Rook for Brigitte, for Duan Simmons, And for yours truly, Dan Duggar, I'm on the mic every Monday, followed by Jeff Shoup and the Jazz Spectrum. He gives me the thumbs up. I'm sure he's got some vinyl, some CDs, and some digital jazz to send your way to bless your ears with. I hope this past hour has been a blessing in the form of sports talk. Join us every week. We're the Spartan Sports Rap. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to the Spartan Sports Wrap-On Impact Exposure. Tune in next Monday at 7 p.m. for more commentary on your favorite teams.
2: Thanks for listening to this evening's Exposure, only on 88.9 The Impact.